We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Twenty minutes a day. 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Happy Friday. Welcome into another episode of the Pack a Day Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Today, we are going to be finalizing our ranking of the Green Bay Packers from number 91 to number one. And we're going to be finishing up today, going from numbers 30 through number one. If you missed the first 31 through 91, you can go back and listen to the last two episodes. I will do a recap at the end of today's episode as well, going from 91 to number one. So you can check out that at the end of this as well. But right now, let's kick things off with number 30. And we're going to start with Josh Myers. And listen, Josh Myers in year three has a lot of improving to do. Year one, it was acceptable. It was a rookie season, first time starter, started as a rookie. And you're like, all right, there's some opportunity here. He needs to get a little bit better, but it was at least semi-promising. I think everyone thought year two comes along, he's going to make big strides and unfortunately went in the opposite direction. And he played nowhere near as well in year two, even as he did as a rookie in year one. 
can do some things in as a move blocker. He's like an okay run blocker from time to time, but super inconsistent, hasn't been a great pass protector, and just quite frankly needs to be better. And we don't need to go into the whole Creed Humphrey versus Josh Myers thing, but I understood when they took Josh Myers. You go and watch him in college and you see a really nice, big, tall, physical center out of the University of, or out of Ohio State University. And you can tell like exactly what Green Bay saw in him as a player. He had almost like a veteran mentality at Ohio State, and he played in a ton of big games against some really big time opponents and always seemed to hold up well at the point of attack and just do his job. He came to Green Bay and he thought that was going to carry over very well. Really, really great athlete as Green Bay always likes to draft. And it just seemed like a very clear plug and play. He was going to be able to take over for Corey Lindsley, not necessarily be anywhere near Corey Lindsley right away, but the real thought was that he was going to be able to develop into maybe something similar. And that has not come to fruition at all. I'm very hopeful still for Josh Myers in year three as a starter. I hope he can be better. I really do. But right now, it's really tough to know what to expect out of him. And if he does not perform, I think Green Bay really does have to take a look of, do they want to put Elton Jenkins at center? Do they want to put Zach Tom at center? Do they want to try something different? Because he was a liability more often than not. And they need him to be not only not a liability, but they need him to kind of be a strength. This offensive line needs to be much improved. It's actually one of the reasons I am very high on the uh, Packers improvement on offense is because I think the offensive line can be a whole heck of a lot better than they were last year. But Josh Myers needs to be a piece of that and he cannot be what he was in 2022. All right, next up is Josiah DeGuara. I'm hoping that he gets a bigger opportunity. He's going to have a new quarterback throwing him the ball. It never really seemed like Josiah was one of Aaron's guys on offense. You saw a smattering of plays here and there. I think that has the opportunity to change with Jordan. I'd be even higher on this possibility had it not been for them drafting Luke Musgrave in early round two and then Tucker Craft in round three. And both of those guys are going to have the opportunity to play right away. You've still got Tyler Davis, and I think there's going to be a pretty heavy rotation. But Josiah DeGuara is a nice player. He can help your team out. He can play some H-back, fullback, tight end. You can split him out wide. You can do a variety of different things with him. But so far, that like ideal hypothetical of what he could be has been a whole lot more enticing than what he actually has been on the field. This is his fourth year. He's in a contract season and he really needs to go out and show out if he wants any sort of significant contract next year, whether it be from the Green Bay Packers or whether it be from some other team in free agency. So very hopeful for Josiah DeGuara in this season, uh, but he's going to have to play a little bit better. And just, I think opportunity is going to hopefully grant him that in 2023. Next up is 28, and that's Darnell Savage. Let's just be abundantly clear. Darnell Savage would probably not be on this roster had it not been for the guaranteed contract. If this was a, I don't know, any sort of deal that they could have gotten out of, I think they would have gotten out of it. But it would have cost them draft picks to get off of Darnell Savage's contract. Like they would have had to have given, I don't know, maybe a fourth, fifth round pick for some other team to take on the $8 million guaranteed that Darnell Savage is owed this year. I don't think Green Bay had any pallet for trying to, you know, to do that and actually give up draft picks to take, you know, have somebody take him on. I think they'd much rather just have him play like he did in 2020, which was a really, really nice season for Darnell. And I want to see this guy succeed. I really, really do. I feel like there's so much more there. This is this is kind of it for Darnell. Like he's not going to get much in free agency next year if he doesn't go out and play well this year. If he gets benched again, like he did last year, which was incredibly deserving, by the way, he was extremely, uh, in, you know, inconsistent and just not good enough at, you know, when he got benched last year. Now, when he came back, there was a, a bit of an increase in his play, 
I'm still not sold that. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people are like, oh, he just needs to be in the slot. He wasn't that great in the slot either last year. Like it was kind of a lot of the same stuff. They move him back to safety. Like I said, after the benching, there was a little bit of an uptick in his play. It still wasn't good enough based on being a former first-round pick. And again, seeing what he did in 2020, I really want to see that 2020 Darnell Savage again. I think he's out there. If he can even just be a slight plus player rather than a huge negative, basically, that would be a huge step in the right direction for this defense. This is his last opportunity in Green Bay for sure. And if he, you know, Green Bay set up his contract so that if he plays well, they can um, sort of re-sign him. There's with the fifth year guarantee, there's certain language and verbiage that you have to figure out. And they figured out a way to sort of fit that in. So they do have some hope that maybe if he plays well, they could retain him next year, but that is very much incumbent on him playing well on this season. Number 27 on my list is Jaden Reed. And I've talked about, I think it's going to take Jaden Reed a little bit of time, but the talent there is undeniable. I think they're going to be smart with how they get him involved in the offense. And there's a real opportunity that he's just the number three wide receiver. Like, who knows how this wide receiver group ends up shaking out and who gets a you know majority of the snaps. I think we are pretty confident Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs are going to get the lion's share of the load, but those two guys both injured last year. It's possible they could have some injury issues this year as well. And if that's the case, there's a ton of opportunity there on offense and at wide receivers for some of those snaps. And even if, if Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson take basically every snap at wide receiver. That number three spot between Toure and Jaden Reed and all the other wide receivers we've already named on yesterday's breakdown and the day before, Reed has every right to go out and earn those snaps. So super talented player, but I think it's going to take a little bit of time, a little bit of learning curve coming from Michigan State. Not that Michigan State's a poor program by any means, but just uh, I think there's going to be a little time there. Remember, he's not the most physical wide receiver in the world. He's not the, he's not He's got great speed, but it's not like Tyreek Hill speed or anything like that. It's just he's going to have to find his way to getting open in the NFL. I think that just may take a little bit, but he's still a massively talented player. At number 26 on my list, another wide receiver, and that is Samori Toure. I legitimately expect Toure to take a very nice step this season. And I think had this wide receiver group not been quite as murky last year with Amari Rogers on the team and Sammy Watkins on the team, you've got Lazard, you've got Cobb, you've got Dobbs, you've got Watson. Had it not been for all of that, I think Samari Toure would have had a much bigger role last season. And even with all those names on the roster up until the time where they jettisoned uh, you know, Sammy Watkins and Amari Rodgers, then he had a little bit of playing time, but he he still found his way on the field. And there were times where Matt LaFleur was le- like legitimately saying in press conferences, we have to find more ways to get Samori Toure involved. I think there's a lot of talent there. I think he was a steal in the seventh round, and I do expect him to take a significant, you know, significant jump. And do not be surprised if it's Samore Toure, Romeo Dobbs, and Christian Watson as the top three, and not Watson, Dobbs, and Jaden Reed. Either way, they're all going to play quite a bit, but expect Samori Toure to see quite a bit of the field in 2023. All right, Tucker Craft is number 25. You have to be hesitant to put a third rounder up in the top 25 at this point, but he's a really fun player. I think this is another position we know at tight end that takes these guys a while to sort of transition into the NFL. I think that's going to be very much the case from a smaller school with Tucker Craft, but he's going to find a way onto the field. And I think he has some opportunity in some of those run after the catch instances, some of those bootlegs and rollouts. I don't think he's going to be completely overwhelmed as a blocker. I think he's going to see the field. I think he's going to see the field quite a bit as a rookie. And I think there's going to be a developmental learning curve there, but I think you're going to see that 
be much better as the course of the season goes on and he gets his feet underneath him. As a player that you can tell is embracing the game and loves to learn, I could tell it from you know him talking to his coaches uh, from being at practice. So I'm excited about Tucker Craft, and I do think he's going to see the field quite a bit. So he comes in at number 25. Kingsley J.J. Inigbare is at number 24. Quietly had a pretty darn nice rookie season, well ahead of my expectations for him as a rookie. I thought he was going to have to put on more functional strength, which I think he's done a little bit of this past offseason, so I'm hoping he's even better this season. He's got a variety of pass rush moves. He is different than Lucas Van Ness and Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith, and I love that he's kind of that change of pace edge rusher and just brings something different to the table. So if you're going against a bull rusher in Rashawn Gary and a bull rusher in Lucas Van Ness, and then you get Kingsley and Ibari, who's just going to throw the kitchen sink at you in a variety of different moves, I just kind of like a little bit of that change of pace there. If Rashawn Gary is not ready to start the season, you're going to see a lot of Enigbare, a lot of Van Ness, and a lot of Preston Smith. Even if Rashawn Gary is ready to go, I think you're still going to see all four of these guys. Rashawn's going to probably be on a pitch count to start the season. And, you know, Van Ness probably not playing a full complement of snaps yet. And even if he is, he's going to play some on the inside as well. So Enigbare is going to have a significant role in this team. And I'm really excited about that. All right, number 23 is Eric Stokes. Rookie Eric Stokes would have been much higher. Sophomore Eric Stokes would have been much lower, and now he's coming off a Liz Frank injury. And I don't know what to make of Eric right now. I don't know when he's going to be back. I don't know if his speed is still going to be there. I don't know if he's been working on his technique so that he is much better technique and tackling wise than what he was a season ago. I have no idea. I know that this was a super talented player coming out of Georgia, big time program, played well as a rookie. He lacks ball skills at the point of attack. That's been an issue for him. As mentioned, he's not the most technically sound corner. He won a lot with his 4 3 40 speed and being able to get back in plays with that. If that's all of a sudden 4 5 40 speed, 4 6 40 speed coming off the injury, that's going to change his game quite a bit. So, really interested to see what that means for Eric, but the upside is still very, very high. And I just hope he gets back to playing like he did in 2021. Number 22 is Devontae Wyatt. And like, First round pick, 24 years old a season ago, everyone expected him in and just to start tearing up the league, and that didn't exactly happen. In fact, he barely saw the field. I think it was 300-ish snaps a season ago. Well, that's going to change. He's going to see significant snaps as one of the top three defensive linemen, Kenny Clark, TJ Slayton, and, and Wyatt. I think you're going to see Slayton on early downs a little bit more. Then you're going to see Wyatt on second and third down a little bit more. They're going to rotate those guys pretty heavily. We'll see what Colby Wooden and Carl Brooks and Jonathan Ford can bring to the table. But this is a team that not only I think expects, you know, uh, him to take a jump, but I also think that this is a team that really needs Devontae Wyatt to take a jump. Devontae Wyatt is a massively talented player. He moves in ways that players his size should not be able to move. He's got a great spin move, a great arm over. He hustles all over the place. This is going to be can he work on you know getting off of blocks and can he work on being a better run defender? If those answers are checked and those boxes are checked and those answers are yes, he could be a very big impact player for Green Bay this year. It's kind of the same thing we saw last year. There's going to be some really positive signs. There's going to be some really nice flashes. But there's going to be other times where he just gets pushed out of the pile and he's giving up big yards on the ground because he's not holding up at a point of attack and doing his job. So this is going to be a big season for Devontae Wyatt. Number 21 is Yash Nyman, a starting caliber offensive tackle. He's going to be in a battle with Zach Tom for that right tackle spot. 
even if he ends up being the swing tackle, those guys are so incredibly valuable. We know how banged up David Bakhtiari's been. Zach Tom's a little bit undersized. We know these offensive linemen are going to all have to play, including you know your top backup is going to see the field quite a bit. And he's a good football player. And a lot of teams would love to have Yash Nyman as a starter. There are not very many starting caliber offensive tackles in this league. Just so happens that Green Bay has three, maybe even four, if you want to consider Elton Jenkins' ability to move out as well. They have a, a lot of depth at offensive tackle, but Yash Nyman, very good player and certainly worthy of being almost in the top 20, but coming in at number 21. Number 20 is based on talent, and that's Quay Walker. Quay struggled last season. He really, really did. Some of the stuff picking up, um, you know, just how to be a starting NFL linebacker. Remember, he wasn't uh, like a full-time player at Georgia. Like he was a rotational player. And like, this was a upside play when Green Bay drafted him. He gets to Green Bay and it's just like, oh yeah, you can clearly see why Green Bay wanted to take this guy. He's a physical specimen. He's fast, sideline to sideline. But now it's putting everything together, playing instinctual football. Instincts are like number one A for an inside linebacker in the NFL. Something I've been burned on with scouting reports in the past. Guys like Stefan Anthony, who have all the talent in the world, but lack instincts, are so tantalizing when you watch them. Miles Jack kind of that way as well, who was expected to be this superhero inside linebacker. And then and he's had a really nice career. Like a, you know, he's he's made his way around and he's currently on the Steelers, if memory serves, but like nowhere near what people were expecting. A lot of that is just based on instincts and being able to read plays and kind of diagnose and kind of see what's going to happen before it happens. That's where Quay Walker needs to get. He needs to go from physical freak athletic specimen who can get sideline to sideline to doing it and understanding what opposing teams are trying to accomplish and beating them to the play with all of that raw athleticism. So that's what I want to see out of Quay this year. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. 
and Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Number 19, TJ Slayton. It's another one where in flashes, we've seen some really impressive stuff holding up at the point of attack. He's like 330 pounds. He can, you know, jackknife his way into the backfield. Like you see flash plays and you're just like, man, like you just want to see the light bulb go off or on, whatever, whatever the saying is. Like you want to see it click because if it does, man alive is this kid full of talent. And he has the ability to be a complete run stuffer. He has the ability to be a gap penetrator. Somebody who can get to the quarterback a little bit as well. Like you're just like, what? what are you waiting for? It's kind of like in the matrix where the Oracle tells them, yeah, you, you, maybe you're waiting for your next life. I don't know, but someday it's going to click and you're going to realize you're the one. I'm not saying TJ Slayton's the one. I'm not saying he's going to be the guy that saves the Packers defense and saves Joe Barry's job and everything else and makes them a top five unit. But all the raw stuff is there. And I think, and I hope that this is the year that TJ puts it all together and we see it with consistency, not just in those flashes. All right. Number 18 is Zach Tom. He's going to be a starter at some point. Maybe it's this year. Maybe it's next year. Not sure when it's ultimately going to be. Not sure if it's at tackle, if it's at guard, if it's at center. He's just too dang good. He's got great footwork, great technique. He's put on strength. Not the tallest guy in the world, not the longest arms. It doesn't matter. Some guys just know how to get the job done. He knows how to get the job done. He's going to be a real legitimate starter. And that was a fun, you know, just phenomenal, fantastic pick by Brian Gutekinds on day three last year. Number 17 is A.J. Dillon. We've talked about we want to see some more explosive plays, but everything that A.J. Dillon has done has been pretty darn good. Catches the ball well. He's a you know really good running back. You want to see a little bit more playmaking, but he's a good pass protector, great locker room guy, like the consummate Green Bay, carry the G, mayor of Door County, all of it. You just want to see a little bit more explosiveness, and he's working on it. He's been readily admitting that he wants to be that explosive playmaker. We've seen it in flashes as well. And I, I do think that he's one of those players where if you get him 20 carries, he's going to be like juggernaut and just the more momentum he gains, he's going to be harder and harder to stop. But it just, it's hard because you want to get Aaron Jones the ball a ton and there's only so many carries to go around. But if he starts getting those opportunities, I think you're going to see him start producing even better. John Runyon Jr. at number 16. Two years ago, 2021, phenomenal season from JRJ. Last year, I thought he took a step back. Too much of that in 2022. Let's just be real. Like far too many players took a step back. That has to change. Reverse directions and go in the opposite way and see guys taking real positive jumps this year. I just want to see JRJ play like he did two years ago. Uh, This is a real opportunity for him to get a massive payday. He's in a contract year and he is a very, very good football player. I think there is Pro Bowl potential there for John Runyon Jr. He just has to put everything together. I've talked about in the past He's a really fun player and like everything's kind of on like cruise control for him. And then it's like he goes through these lapses where it just isn't as sound as you would expect it to be. And as you've seen it throughout the course of the rest of the game, and it's just like, what what just happened? You've been dominating the guy across from you for three quarters and now he's beating you on like three straight plays. Like how did that just happen? So I just want to see a bit more consistency. And if that gets there, John Running Jr. can actually catapult up this list even further in my opinion. 
Number 15, Preston Smith, not the player he once was, not a Pro Bowl caliber player, but a really nice rotational veteran piece off the edge, does a really nice job of setting the edge in the run game, will probably end up with, what, eight sacks somewhere around there this year? Like, he just knows how to get to the quarterback. It's not going to be 15 sacks. It's not going to be a Pro Bowl or All-Pro caliber level player, but he's a guy that can help you win football games. And I think with, uh, hopefully, a lower snap count this year because of Van Ness and Gary and Enigbare all being on the roster, I think that can even make him a better player where he doesn't have to play quite as much at this stage of his career, but can focus his energy a little bit more on those 30 to 40 snaps when he is on the field rather than just playing 60 snaps and just getting worn out through the course of the game. Number 14 is Razul Douglas. And I think people are underestimating how good Razul was once he got back on the outside last year. He looked like Razul Douglas. Again, not quite what we saw in 2021, but he looked like a really good starting corner. Again, opposite Jair Alexander. And like those two could be a real legitimate tandem moving forward. And now he's going to get that opportunity to play outside. I expect him to have that really nice season again because he's going to be on the outside at the whole the whole time, hopefully. When Stokes is healthy, to me, that should still be Rizul's spot until he struggles or Stokes is just balling out in practice to the point where you can't keep him off the field. It's got to be something drastic because I want to see Jair and Razul on the outside for the entirety of the season, unless there is a massive degradation in play from Razul or unless there's an injury. Number 13 is Romeo Dobbs. We've talked about the breakout campaign in OTAs and mini camps. I've been super impressed going back and watching the tape from last year of some of the stuff that he was able to do on the field. He had the injury, the setback, and then I think uh, just wasn't quite the same after that. We've already talked about all the different wide receivers that Green Bay was trying to get involved. Now it's going to be Christian and Romeo as the top two. He's going to have consistent targets. He's going to consistently be on the field and he just works so incredibly hard. That work's going to pay off and that consistency, I think is going to do wonders. I think you're going to see his career really take off this year. Number 12 is Luke Musgrave. It's high. I get it. Putting a second round tight end, rookie tight end at number 12 on your roster is maybe a bit aggressive. I, I don't care. I, I can't help how talented he looked in OTAs, minicamps, et cetera. And he has everything that you want. The blocking's going to be rough to start. It just is. That's going to take some time. Don't care about that either. He is tall. He's fast. He can get up the seam. He's going to be a massive target, red zone threat. He has everything that you need him to be. The Jermichael Finley-shaped hole, since he went down with an injury, has the potential to finally be filled by Luke Musgrave. Hope springs eternal this time of year, and I'm trying to temper expectations the best I can. I just can't do it for Luke Musgrave. He comes in at number 12. The other first or the other top draft pick, Lucas Van Ness, comes in at number 11. Not that different. I've been really, really impressed with what I saw to him. He is chiseled out of stone. He is 6'5", 275. You always bet on traits on, you know, on edge rushers. It almost always pays off. And he is going to be somebody who's going to help this team from day one. Interior defensive pass rusher, edge rusher, run stopper. He's going to be able to do it all. And I think he's going to make an impact very early in his career. Number 10 is Keyshawn Nixon, first team all pro kick returner, fantastic punt returner, special team stud, slot corner, throw him in on offense, do whatever you need to do. I talked about it. I did a whole scouting report the other day. Anything he's been asked to do in the NFL, he has succeeded at. He's going to get more opportunity this year. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to succeed at that too. I have no question about it. And also, it doesn't hurt he's in a contract year. And if he plays well on defense and continues his special teams ace skills and kick returning, punt returning, et cetera, he is going to get paid.
paid, paid next year by either Green Bay or some other team. Number nine is Devondre Campbell. Struggled last year. Another one of those guys that took a big step back in 2022 from what we saw in 2021. It's a big year for Devondre. I want to see him get back to that. Probably not the all pro level we saw two years ago, but much better than what we saw a season ago. I think it's going to fall somewhere in the middle. This is still a big time player that can make a huge impact on the second level. Needs to be a bit more sound in coverage, assignment sure, communicative on defense. Stopped the run a little bit better. He had some uncharacteristic broken tackles against him a season ago, which usually doesn't happen, which he has said as well. Like, usually, like I'm one of the best tacklers in football and he missed some tackles last year and he knows it. I do expect a bounce back, but how much of a bounce back back to that all pro level is what's really going to define Devondre Campbell. Number eight, I don't know where you want to put him, Jordan Love. If we're talking about value and what's most important to this season, Jordan Love's number one. And we're just ranking them based on how I think they're going to play this year. And that, like, I never really defined on how I'm ranking this. I'm just ranking it. There's so many different ways that you could view this. And ultimately, at the end of the day, it's my ranking. So I get to put them where the heck I want. I'm putting Jordan Love at number eight. Could he end up higher? Sure. Could he end up lower? Sure. It's a beautiful mystery. I don't know where it's going to end up, but I do expect Jordan Love to have a nice season and show that he is a more than capable starter in this league. If he does that, he's probably even ranked higher than number eight, right? So we'll, we shall see. And it's going to, that's all this whole season is about is what does Jordan Love do as a starter? But he comes in at number eight on my list. The last seven, I think you can order in different ways, but I think are the obvious seven that you would put in these slots. Number seven is Elton Jenkins. I think you're going to see the best version of Elton Jenkins this year. Bar none, no questions asked. He's going to stay at left guard would be my bet. He's going to be at home. He's not having to come off of an ACL injury from last year and in all the recovery. We are going to see the single best version of Elton Jenkins. And that's a scary thought to think about because he's been really good in this league already. He's going to be the best version. Pro Bowl, maybe even all pro caliber player this year. Put it in. I'm Putting it in Sharpie is going to be the best year for Elton Jenkins. Number six is Christian Watson. You put him much higher if he reaches the levels I think he can reach, but I think this is fair. We still don't know what a full season of Christian Watson looks like. Teams are going to try to take him out of the equation. They're going to make sure that he's not the one that's getting the big explosive plays. So how he responds to that will be interesting. He's got a new quarterback. There's just some variables there, right? And we haven't, like I said, we haven't seen a 17 game season, what that looks like from Watson. So he could very well be much higher on this list. If you want to put him probably even like number two, I could understand it. But on this one, he's coming in at number six. Number five is Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones has been good from day one. He's still fantastic today. As I'm going through on my rewatch, it's just constantly apparent of just how good he still was in 2022. And I think with this offensive line improving, if they do the way that I expect them to with a, hopefully a full season of Bakhtiari and uh, Elton Jenkins running in a contract year, Zach Tom and Yash Nyman battling it out. Like one of those guys is gonna know they're going to have to play well to keep their job. And I think a better season from Josh Myers, you're going to see this running game be better. And that's going to just benefit Aaron Jones. So number five on my list, Aaron freaking Jones is more than deserving. Number four, Kenny Clark. The first time I thought he looked human in his Green Bay Packer career was last year. Wasn't quite as outstanding. Kenny Clark can kind of say, hey, my worst years are most defensive tackles best years, sort of the Aaron Rodgers-esque saying. And he's totally right. Last year was still a really nice year, just not the supercharged Kenny Clark that we're used to seeing. So I want to see him get back to what he was in basically the entire rest of his career. It'll be interesting to see the snap counts, how much Slayton plays, how much Wyatt plays. You probably still need a lot of Kenny Clark, which limits some of that upside a little bit just because he has to play so many freaking snaps. But 
He's a dominant player and is more than worthy of coming in at number four on the list. Number three, David Bakhtiari. Had it not been for injuries, he might be number one on this list. I expect him to be as healthy as you can possibly imagine. I'm hoping for no setbacks. I'm hoping he can play a full 17-game slate. Maybe he misses a game here or there, but this is still one of the best offensive linemen in football, one of the best tackles in football, and he is going to be the one that is responsible for Jordan Lowe's blindside, and what a benefit for a first-time starting quarterback. Bakhtiari is as technically sound as it gets as I've ever seen at offensive tackle. He is an absolute stud and is still playing at a massively high level. So excited to see what hopefully a full season of David Bakhtiari looks like again. Number two is really tough because it's coming off the torn ACL and we don't know when he's going to be back, what type of you know snap count he's going to be on, all of that stuff. But it's Rashawn Gary. He's so freaking talented. That was maybe the one A thing that stood out to me on my rewatch so far is how dominant he was at the start of last season. Just sucks so bad that he had the torn ACL. But a dominant football player, big time edge rusher, was just starting to really come into his own. If we see anything like that again, he is more than worthy of this number two spot. Green Bay needs him to be that dominant player. They need him to be an absolute stud. He was just getting there. Now he's got to recover from the ACL and do it all over again. But I have nothing but faith. No one works harder than Rashawn Gary, and he's going to come back better than ever. And we're going to see Rashawn Gary dominate in the NFL. And then number one is arguably the best cover corner in all of football. That is Jair Alexander. We saw him get beat, you know, a couple times uncharacteristically last year. Um, you know, you saw some plays to Terry McLaurin and just those sort of things where you're just like, oh, you know, he allowed a big completion down the field. That usually doesn't happen. But still, what, five interceptions, big time football from Jair. Teams didn't throw his way very often. And still, like I said, maybe the best man corner in all of football. We'll see what you know, Joe Barry uses his corners as of this year. Do, they, do we see a little bit more aggressive man coverage? I think we're all hoping that, uh, but I think that would set Jair Alexander even up for more success. I think he's going to be a little bit more tenacious this year now that he's not, you know, now he's like two years removed from that shoulder injury and he's just an absolute stud and one of the, the big, big, big time players on this Packers team. And to me, number one player on the roster right now. All right, let's just go through it really, really quick. My full list from number 91 to number one in order. All right. Kenneth Odomegwu, Jadakis Bonds, Chuck Falagia, Antonio Moultrie, Jimmy Phillips, Jason Luan, Keyshawn Banks, DJ Scaife, Tyrell Ford, William Hooper, Henry Pearson, Benny Sapp, Emmanuel Wilson, Broughton Hatcher, Deuce Watts, Kadeem Telfort, Jeff Cotton at number 75, Austin Allen, Cameron McDonald, Gene DeLance, Chris Slayton, Daniel Whelan, Matt Orzik, Sean Ryan, Shamar John Charles, Keandre Thomas, Ladarius Hamilton, Jake Hansen, Lou Nichols, Bo Melton, Danny Etling, Dallin Levitt, Patrick Taylor, Luke Tenuta, Jonathan Ford, Jonathan Garvin, Royce Newman, Grant Dubose, Jonathan Owens, Tyler Goodson, Brenton Cox, and then Rashid Walker at number 50. Caleb Jones, Innis Gaines, Eric Wilson, Isaiah McDuffie, Tariq Carpenter, Tyler Davis, Corey Ballantyne, Sean Clifford, Anders Carlson, Pat O'Donnell, Carl Brooks, Anthony Johnson Jr., Justin Hollins, Malik Keith, Dontavian Wicks, Carrington Valentine, Tarverius Moore, Rudy Ford, Colby Wooden, Josh Myers, Josiah DeGuara, Darnell Savage, Jaden Reed, Samori Toure, and Tucker Craft at number 25. Kingsley and Igbari, Eric Stokes, Devontae Wyatt, Yash Nyman, Quay Walker, TJ Slayton, Zach Tom, AJ Dillon, John Runyon Jr., Preston Smith, Razul Douglas, Romeo Dobbs, Luke Musgrave, Lucas Van Ness, and then 10 to 1. Number 10, Keyshawn Nixon. Number 9, Devondre Campbell. 
eight Jordan Love, seven Elton Jenkins, six Christian Watson, five Aaron Jones, four Kenny Clark, three David Bakhtiari, two Rashawn Gary, and number one, Jair freaking Alexander. That's going to do it for me. Thank you so much for joining me for this three-part series. I'll be right back here tomorrow with an all-new episode. Subscribe if you haven't already. Training camp's just around the corner. But until next time, and as always, go Paco. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.